From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 129, and today I'm sitting down with Daniel Grant from the Spoiled Rotten podcast, as well as other podcasts on the That Shelf Network, as well as my son Ephraim, and we're going to watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Stand By Me. I'm Jeremy. I've seen this film many times. I'm Ephraim. I have not seen this film, and I repeat, not. Why do you repeat it? (laughs) Because, I don't know. You just wanted the emphasis to be on yeah, there? Yeah, okay. because if they didn't hear me the first uh, time. I'm Daniel. I also have not, but I don't have to repeat that. It's just I have not yeah. seen it. Just, you haven't seen it once. <laughs> yeah. So I, it, I think it makes sense why Ephraim hasn't seen it. Ephraim's 10, so he's just, we haven't, I haven't introduced it to him yet. Yeah. But I want to ask... It makes no you, sense why I haven't seen it. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, we're the same age. Yeah. And this would have been like a... This is definitely what I would consider a seminal movie for me. Uh... There's, I as we were talking about over a text, it was just kind of like I I just don't have a good reason for not seeing it other than I wow. think I was going to watch I think I was going to watch it at one point because I was writing something and people were like you know you just described the the plot of Stand by Me Stand by Me and I was like oh and then I didn't like then and I was like cr- I just couldn't bring myself to like watch admit it. it but because like they're like how have you not seen it like how did and like. People thought I was joking that I didn't know that that was the plot, and I was just like, and now that's hilarious. Like I've just tried to put some space between it by that point, and then just as a kid, I don't know why I didn't see it. Oh, it's it's but it's funny how that happens. It's like there's either just there's a blip where we were not watching movies at that point, like we took a two month break from watching movies, and so we missed like those new releases that came okay. out in the video store. I'm just trying to think of like my own black holes. Like I hadn't seen. Uh, Big, uh, I was saying big news from Little China. Uh, little, what's big it? trouble. Big trouble in Little China. I hadn't seen that. I did that for the podcast recently. Well, I just watched it recently. Too. Yeah, like, so it was like that was one of mine. And there's, there's a, there's. I think everyone, and that's you know, that's the beauty of this podcast. I think everyone has those ones from childhood where it's like, what do you mean you haven't seen this? Yeah, but that's what we do here, right, Ephraim? Yeah. And then for Ephraim, everything from my childhood is just new, <laughs> and then it just comes down to is this age appropriate yet? And I'm often wrong. Dad, when can we watch National Lampoon's <laughs> Europe Vacation, or just... That one, I don't... Well, we'll see, because he'd seen Christmas Vacation, because okay. that one's totally family-friendly. That one, i just seen, like, two years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I a, saw that, it, like, three years ago. We, we, that's, that's one of our every year we rewatch that one. But my wife wanted to watch just regular Vacation with the kids, which is the first one. Have you seen yeah. that? Yes, that that one. I, I think I'd only seen Vacation, uh, and I'd never seen like so, any of the like iterations. And even had a friend over, and so I'm like, yeah, was, we put it on because I couldn't remember what was if what was in it or not. And as it, we were like, you know, a good twenty minutes in, my wife was just looking at me like, I've made a bad choice. <laughs> the art seven year old daughter was watching. His friend was watching. Not appropriate. I would argue that I think European European Vacation is no better or worse. In terms of okay. inappropriate content, but is this the eighties? Was a goal like it was? Yeah, there's no there's, rhyme or reason. Like, uh, I, yeah, I feel like is, Ghostbusters was kind of positioned as like a kids movie, but then when I rewatched it as an adult, I was like, oh, there's like a lot of not kid friendly stuff in this. But they, all that stuff glosses over yeah, you, yeah, no, because it's, it's really. I mean, I think I just didn't remember it. Yeah, and all that stuff I think is just related to Bill Murray and his stuff with Sigourney, right? There's also like a. I don't even know if it's a dream sequence or just a montage with Dan Aykroyd and stuff. Oh. Happens and I'm just like... That feels... Oh, I know, the, the ghost stuff. You've yeah. seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where it's like he's having dreams about the ghost. 
Uh-huh, and <laughs> we, we don't yeah, need to get into it. We'll, that's, we'll that's just leave it. glosses over you because we'll you're not. Yeah, you don't you know, care. And we're not. And, and I'm not going to educate you on that in front of an audience. So, uh, <laughs> although they would love that, yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah. So, what do you, without getting into too spoiler material, what do you know about Stand by Me? My memory is that uh, friends. I don't remember the number. I feel like I wanted to say like four friends, like. Is there, like, an element of, like, do you want to see a dead body? There is an element of that? Yeah, that's basically my main yeah, you, understanding you that. is that, like... And I told there is from... There's, a, like, an adventure, like, spawns out of uh, a dead going body. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's all you know. Do you know, like, the source material? Yeah, I know the right... Like, I know okay. that it's based on the... Stephen King yeah, short Stephen story. King. Which you know Stephen King because you watch Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Well, Stranger Things is a, like a big cultural reference. Yes. So here's... Oh, here's what you're going to like. What? So this is a movie... Although it takes place in the 50s. It was made in the 80s, so it's... it's I think See, of this, I didn't know that. I thought it was the 80s. I think of this as, a, as an 80s movie, because it came out in the 80s, but it was actually... I think it takes place in either the 60s or the 50s. Okay. So, but it still feels very much like... Like a Stranger Things reference and that kind of stuff with the group and the friends and all that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know, who direct, you know who directed it? No. Rob Reiner. Oh, I was I wasn't gonna guess that, so there we go. I'm glad I didn't say anything. He's one of those interesting guys we've uh I think we we did misery on the podcast, but I'm trying to think if we've done anything else of his. He's one of those interesting filmmakers because he's like he's not one of those guys that has like his own specific unique stamp, but he always does like quality great stuff. Like he did Princess Bride yeah. and you know but then he also does like a few good men. So he's kinda like all over the place in terms of like Definitely the kind of stuff he does. <laughs> Princess Bride. But it's always, but he's also, and Harry Met Sally. No. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. And then. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So he's like kind of like a little bit of everything, but he's also really good at them all. So you're, anyway, he's just also one of those guys that I never think of when I make a list of like, what are your top favorite best filmmakers? But he's also. You're trying, you're basically convincing me that I should mention him more often. So I'm like, you're naming movies. I'm like, yeah, I can't say that's like bad. No, but everything he makes, you're like, he's also one of those guys that it's like, I'm always gonna be. I'm. He's a. He's a. You know, a very good filmmaker. So it's like there's. It's, there's gonna be a craftsmanship, a level of craftsmanship to it where you feel like safe yeah. when you pop in a Rob Reiner film. Um, all right. So we don't know much more than that. We know Stephen King. Yeah. We know kids. We know there's a dead body. Mm-hmm. There we go. Let, let's just do it. All right. Awesome. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Alright, so we just finished ish. We had a slight bathroom break. Yeah. Yep. So what do you guys think? It's a really well done movie. That's yeah. that's the as you set up earlier, it's like a Rob Reiner film, so I was like, Yeah, this is well done. I guess my initial thought was as it was done, I was like, I guess I was just really invested in those four kids because like yeah. there isn't much to what they're doing. Like they're just gonna go see a dead body. They're going like, for a walk. And the movie calls it shots pretty much it's like i was this age when i saw dead by so i'm like well they're gonna definitely see it yeah. and like it opens with you knowing one of them not in that moment but like will die later so it's like it, you really like and it does a good job of it you're just invested in like how they interact with each other and, and the journey they go on while well, the walk they take yeah do you, do you remember that as you were watching it that that it opens that newspaper article about one of them being dead or just yeah. someone being dead in the future yeah. Did you think that was the kid they were talking about that was dead? Nope. No, you knew. Did you did you pick up right away who it was? Like which character? Yeah, because he said he was like I was twelve years old when I. Right? So the first body. No, but when uh, when he's sitting in the car, the he's sitting in the car, and there's a newspaper article that says Chris Chambers, uh, a lawyer, Chris Chambers killed yeah. in a bar or something, or in a restaurant or whatever. Did you connect which kid that was, or did you kind of forget about it while you're watching? Yeah. Until the end. That's okay. That's the kind of thing that it's just like, it's just there. And if the movie's doing its job, you probably forget. You should forget about it if the movie's doing its job. Yeah, you're going, you kind of fall into the spell of like nostalgia and childhood. And like when they were talking about, oh, like, will I ever get out of town? I'm like, yeah, I hope he gets out of this town. Like, even though the movie is like, he will die. Like, it's like, yeah. but you're like, the movie did its job. And I was just like, no, like every moment they talked about, like, you should go to university. I'm like, yeah, he should. Like, he's a good guy. Like, I hope he goes to university. 
It was, yeah. it was just a well done movie. Yeah, and I love it. It's so simple, but I love that little technique they do when he just dissolves out and he's gone. Yeah. It's very effective. It, yes. It, I, I was expecting it, and even though I was expecting it, like, when it happened, I was like, yeah, that was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's funny, because it's like, especially now, like, I, I especially, it's, a, it's an interesting time to watch this with you, Ephraim, because I'm basically the age of the dad now, and you're the age of the kids yeah. in the movie. Roughly, they're 12, you're 10. So they're a little bit older than you. Uh, and so it's interesting, because when I first watched this movie... It probably would have been around the age you are now. Mm-hmm. I probably saw it around the same age. And I remember the first time I saw it, I had nightmares that night because of the leeches. The leeches? I'm, I'm always afraid of leeches in movies. Like, I, I figured it was com- just the way they were having Like I was like, something's going to happen They're in having this too water. much fun. Like, yeah, I was like, no, they, this can't stand. Yeah. yeah. And it went further than I thought it would. I was just like, oh, okay, they got them off. And then he's like, oh, no. And I was like... Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's horrible. Exactly. This is handing hangers in the blood. That's what. Like I remember, I saw it at my aunt and uncle's house because it was a typical uh, reunion of my family where the kids were just left to their own devices, and mm-hmm. so we'd watch whatever movie we found on a shelf. <laughs> and uh, and not that this was like an inappropriate movie for kids to watch, although it's full language. That, that's yeah. how I saw Shawshank, just at a family reunion where we were all like, well, we're not going to be upstairs with the adults. What's the movies in here in this house? Yeah, so yeah. We, we popped it in, and then uh, I remember that night I couldn't sleep, so I slept on my, I, I dragged my comforter into my parents' bedroom and slept on the floor. <laughs> and I remember having nightmares about, and it was really just that image of like the bloody hand coming yeah. out of the underwear. I couldn't stop seeing that. In my dreams. And, like, it played so seriously. Like, I think a lot of it, you're kind of, like, there's, like, a childlike thing going on for most of the heavy stuff. But that isn't played like that at all. It's one of the more heavy things yeah. that happens, like, visually. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you jolted when they started taking their shirts off and you saw how many leeches were on them. Yeah. It's just, like, there's at least, like... Ten on each of them. Yeah, and I think I'd have to look it up. I feel like they used real leeches in the movie. Wow. Because I don't know what else. Because when they take them off, there's little. There are, yeah, there's welts. I don't stuff. know if that, that could have been makeup too. I guess it, it was either really well but done. That's what I was thinking about while I was watching. I was like, now how did they get those like marks? And then I'm like, I mean, it could be real leeches. Although they came off. I don't know how hard it is to get off leeches, actually. I don't know. I don't he, Because of this movie, I always assumed it was really easy to get leeches off. But then I remember at one point, I think when we were going camping, right, Eve? We were, we were talking about leeches and being careful to go out for them. And I remember looking it up, and you're supposed to, like, I think the easiest way is to burn them off. Burn them off. Like I think salt is it? Or no, maybe that's salt. Slides. No, salt does it. I think salt, you sprinkle the salt and they shrivel up a little okay. bit. And they kind of, because they bite onto you. Yeah, and, like their teeth are in you. And they don't hurt because they, when they bite you, they kind of let go of this little venom that numbs your, where oh. they bit, so you don't feel it. Okay, because I always thought it was a painful thing. No. But I guess, obviously it wouldn't be because they weren't really like, they didn't notice they were it. just, they just needed them off. Yeah, no, they don't, it doesn't hurt, like they're sucking your blood out. Yeah. And, and that's, and it's similar to a mosquito where the reason why there's blood is because the thing was probably full yeah. and was leaking it's, now or it's someone else's blood which is even more terrifying to think that yeah. there's some other random things creature's blood mixing with yours all over your schlong <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it that's still that scene is like ugh. I mean th- this movie it's great because there isn't really much of a plot you know it's, I mean there's a plot there's let's a plot, go find the dead body yeah that's that's the long and short of it is they go to the yeah. body and then they go home but the stakes are Almost non-existent. There's actually, I guess that's the way to say there's almost no stakes in the movie. Yeah. That are, they, that are present. Everyone keeps saying we're going to be famous, but I never really think that's what's going to happen. Or so that they really were, care about it. Yeah, I was like, why would anyone care that you found that? And, and so I guess it is just a bunch of kids thinking that. So I guess as an adult, I could just watch it and be like, well, I guess it's just going to be fun to watch them go to the body. Yeah, and what did you think about that, Eva? What did you think about the story? Like, so like... It was not good. It was not good? It was good, I said. No, but just in terms of, like, it kept your attention, because it just kind of, it's just a bunch of kids walking through, following the tracks, getting yeah. up to stinky adventures. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah? Is that the kind of thing that you watch? Because you're a city kid. I grew up in the country, so I grew up with literally, not in my exact backyard, 
but a three-minute walk from my house was train tracks that you could follow. Huh. And we had a bridge, like the bridge that they, they race over with the train. And I remember it would always be like, hey, if we take the we, we just take the bridge across, we can get over there to the fishing hole, like, you know, half hour faster than if we go all around and go on the walking bridge with the cars. Yeah, I'd, I'd never... That, for me, for sure, was different, because I was like... I would just not be able to have that much time away from the house. My parents would say something. Like, I wouldn't... Like, there wouldn't be any excuse to be away that long. That's right. And we had... Um, and and we and the train tracks were active. So we we walked across those bridges. And luckily, there was these little um, spots where you could walk out onto. Not much. It was like you could basically dangle off. The train was coming. There was a spot you could get to safety. And we only had to do that once. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, the train? Yeah. But it's like you could go off, and as long as you just like sat down, okay. it was kind of like it jutted out, and then it was a little bit lower, so you could kind of step down to it and just kind of sit there, and and, and, the, and just close your eyes and try not to be scared. But there was a drop; it was like a you know at least a hundred, two hundred feet drop into a not deep river. At that yeah, point. that was <laughs> that the train scene was definitely effective. As I well. I thought they were they jumped in the river. It looks like when they jump off the bank, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's what they want, they want you to think yeah. the first time you watch it. And I'll tell you, when Jerry O'Connell, like the way he goes across those tracks, the first time I crossed those tracks, I guarantee you that's how I crossed them. At first I was like, oh, why is he doing this? <sighs> but then I was like, that probably would have been me at a certain age, just being like, I want to be as close to the ground as possible. And then I couldn't tell if he was doing what Will Wheaton was doing, which was like the whole, like holding the rail to see if it was coming. Or if he was just being like, Terrified. Yeah, I, just, I just need to be close to the ground. But it's all, it's funny because it's like you walk along the path and it's and it's not a big deal. Because it's really, it's like all those trusses are designed to be close enough together. You can't really slip through them. Right, yeah. Unless you were like a really small person or, or a really young kid. But still, it's like that gap messes with your head. When you're, when you're walking across a bridge and just looking down and all you see is like a lake or a river hundreds of feet below you. It's like that's... Fucks you up. Yep. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell your mother I said that word in front of you. That's fine. I know. I say that word in front of you all the time. <laughs> you know. Uh, is that the kind of thing that you'd want to do as a kid? Go off on an adventure with your friends like that for a weekend? Uh, no. Or does that terrify you? <laughs> Terrifies me. Why is that? I don't know. You have no ambition to do something like that? Nope. Just want to pull some pranks on some old people. That's what I would do. So you'd want to go after that old guy in the junkyard? No. What, no? Well, his dog wasn't that bad. Yeah, he was like Rufus, but... Well, that was the best part. Is like I think they, I, And that's the first time I kind of noticed that line about uh, how Chopper was his first kind of like lesson in how uh, kind of illusion or fantasy meets reality and the idea that the dog wasn't as vicious as anyone thought it would be. Because I didn't think it would be that... Uh, Unthreatening. I honestly like. I believe that it like probably would have been like an older version of a dog that could have done that at one point. But when you see the dog, you're just like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's barking at you, but it's not. That's not a big deal. No, <laughs> you're you're expecting like the dog from the Sandlot. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, expecting. <laughs> me too. I was expecting that like that same exact dog. But that's kind of like I think one of the themes of the movie: the idea of like we have these ideas in our head that are so magnified and so big and we think things are a certain way. Like, we think that, you know, we're told that we're going to be a loser and so we're just going right. to go to, like, the the classes for the kids that aren't smart enough. Where it's like, if you, you know, don't believe... You don't have to believe everything you're told because half the time it's not true. And I think that's one of those early clues the movie gives us. Right. With this dog character. Because that's the other thing, too, is, like, normally you'd see the dog chasing him. They make a big sequence out of it. But the whole point is that reveal where, oh, the dog's just like a lab. Not even a lab. He's like a collie. Yeah, it's pretty small. Well, Mm. whatever. It's a smaller dog. He's like Rufus. Yeah, he's not aggressive. And the guy isn't even that bad either. I remember the... No, because he was like... It seemed like he was like talking to him for a bit. And then he kind of was like, well, now you're just annoying me. So I'm going to get angry. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I, and for some reason, I don't know why, but I remembered like the first time I rewatched this movie as an adult years later, I had built up that chopper sequence too to be more of like more intense for some reason but that also just speaks to I think like how things play as a kid versus yeah. how they play later on definitely yeah. I can I see that even like rewatching it as a kid being like it's still gonna be pretty intense and then only feeling the relief when the other kids laugh yeah but uh 
No, I, I thought... Yeah, there's just a lot of well-put-together, I guess, set pieces or whatever. It's like, kind of all the movie really is, is, like, this series of these sequences. You've got the, that sequence, you've got the train sequence, which is amazing. Uh, you've got that one, which you could probably cut out of the movie if you really needed to, the, uh, the pie-eating contest. I, w- I remember thinking, I guess they could cut this, but then also... It, yeah, I guess you could cut it. I, I enjoyed it, but I was just like, this yeah, isn't... Too. This isn't really adding anything because I feel like we we already believe that he's a good writer. Like, yeah, he's already. But a I mean, it, I guess it was nice to see him like tell a story that landed for his friends and even get that like feedback from uh, Corey Feldman being like, yeah, but like I didn't like the ending. So yeah, such a kid thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. Like that was a nice moment in, in terms of like Teddy's like, well, yeah, just because everyone else likes the ending, I don't have to like that. <laughs> yeah, make him go off and be a Texas Ranger. Like, yeah. what a random thing. And that, but that's such a kid thing, too. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's funny because I think, I'm trying to remember I read somewhere once where I think Rob Reiner was talking about that scene and why it's there. And I think ultimately he's just like, we needed something, like, we needed a laugh. Okay. At that point in the movie, and we thought it was a good way to get one. Because I think that's that scene doesn't probably play as well now but I'm sure it killed yeah I can see that I, I mean they really berate that kid and <laughs> you're just like is he supposed to be like an older kid because why is everyone so mean he's so big I was like too when I watched it when I was a kid I was like there's no way that kid's their age he's yeah. huge yeah. and I was like I guess I mean he sets it up like again it's kind of like a microcosm of the movie of him telling you like he's gonna get his revenge at the end of this story and you're still like Man, this is so sad for this kid that everyone's so mean to him and everything. Yeah. And that's a good question. So what did you guys think that revenge was going to be? I thought he put something in the pie. When he when he was shown with the castor oil, I'm like, how is he going to get that into the pies? And then I'm like, oh, he's going to drink it. Well, I was like, oh, okay. Fair enough. I, I guess I know where we're going with this. I. Uh, what were you, were you shocked by that? You had no idea where that was going to go? Yeah. The vomit? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know why he drank that stuff. I think it was just making give him an, give him an upset stomach yeah. and then like loading all that other stuff inside, right. just so everything doesn't mix well. And then he says that he like pictured himself eating guts and yeah. other things. I don't know what the rules of that pie eating contest are. It yeah, seems it to never be, seem like he finished a pie. Yeah, it seems to be like if you get to the bottom of a plate and eat a little bit around it, that's enough. Yeah, and they weren't. I guess they just weren't cutting to the other people finishing because it seemed like he ate like four before anyone ever was like, "I'm done." Yeah, but yeah, it just seemed like the, the rules were relaxed. Yeah. Because it wasn't really about... And I guess it's a kid telling the story. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but the thing that I think thought about this time was that it's like... So he's going to go from being known as lard-ass to being known as like, puke boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People will still make fun of him. Because yeah. Of Life's not getting better for lard-ass. Yeah. I get... Yeah. To Corey's point, like... What happens why? next? So then what? <laughs> Yeah, like that's funny for us, but what's like what happens to him? It was a point. It was a good question. But it, but it's another question about like the idea of like childhood and just storytelling and stories. That it's like there's this nostalgia and the idea is like oh man, Lardas really got him back. But it's like but what happened to Lardas the next day? It's like oh yeah. oh it sucked. Like he got beaten up at school and he had his victory. But it's similar to this. Like they walk and we can talk about the ending. But they walk away and Kiefer Sutherland's character Ace. He's like, we're yeah. not gonna forget this. We're gonna get you back for this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta imagine they at some like they're probably every time they see Ace's car, they they should be scared. They're running away from it because he had a weapon, and then they showed they had a better weapon. And I'm like, well, yeah. There's gonna be escalation or something. Like something will happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I guess they all lived. Nothing bad happened from Ace, but like. It is I'm sure um, the immediate future was them getting beat up or something. Yeah, I, but I never thought of it that way. That it's like, yeah, it's like Ace pulls the first weapon. Yeah, and so it's like they're just doing the same thing he did. So how can he be that mad? There's almost like he, you almost get a sense that he kind of respects them a little bit. In the moment, yes, but I would imagine uh-huh. enough talking in that group would leave Ace feeling like, well, now I have to regain the power because these kids made me look less powerful. Yeah. What did you think about that, the ending, Eve? I was like, oh shit, he's dead. I was like, oh shit, he's dead. You thought he was gonna kill him? Yeah. No, 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 no. With, with, with the weapon. And then he just, and then he, and you just hear that gunshot, bam. And then it's just like. Oh, you thought he already fired it? No, no, no. I, I, oh, you thought he was gonna use the knife on the guy? Yeah. Oh, and you then, thought the Christmas was gonna be dead. And it was just like, bam. It's like, 
shit. Yeah? <laughs> shit just got real. Yeah. <laughs> There's gonna be two bodies. Yeah. Um, how did you think it was gonna end, Eve? Like, the movie? Um, I'm not sure. Did you have any expectations for the ending? I didn't think they were actually gonna find the body. Oh. Even, but they said they saw a dead... Well, the, to be fair, they did say the first time I saw a dead body was when I was 12. They didn't indicate that it, it was... Would be this time. That would have been a dark ending if one of them died, and that yeah. was the body they were referring to. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that would have been rough. <laughs> Real Eve. rough. We never found uh, that kid, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I grew like... up a lot that day. Yeah, but Vern. Oh, poor Vern. That's to be... And you know what? Vern will be the one you'd have to do it to, I think. Because Teddy's too obvious. Yep. And also, they don't... Do they really get into Fern's background? I feel like everyone's kind of got, like, an upsetting, like, backstory that they're trying to fight against. Vern just seems to be like, I lost my pennies. Yeah, he's the fat kid that lost his pennies. But that's also, <laughs> like... But that, but that is such a great microcosm for who that guy probably is. Yeah. He's, like, he's the klutz. You know, he's... It's, like, funny. You watch this, and you think about the other, the other like movies of this ilk coming out of the time and it's like and he's kind of like the chunk of this movie yeah. right Wait. it's kind of a trope like the fat clumsy kid who is the comic relief yeah but who's the guy who was in the Goonies oh Corey Feldman so he was Mouth the guy that plays Teddy with the glasses that has ear burnt oh in the Goonies then who's he the- was Mouth in the Goonies which one's that? Mouth is the well. Mouth is like the big mouthy one, <laughs> but uh, he's the one that uh, I'm trying to think of what, what, uh, a big moment in the Goonies where it's like he's the one that knocks the the statue off and and glues the penis back on upside down. <laughs> he's the one that's translating to the mom about the, oh, the so, okay. to the the um, housekeeper in Spanish and saying all the terrible things like there's drugs in the drawers and this, <laughs> this and that. Oh, okay. And I remember uh, in case I, in case we never do Goonies in the podcast. The f- I always saw the first time I saw the Goonies. You've seen it, right? I assume I've only seen it the once, though. That oh, was okay. I feel like I just didn't see a bunch of like That's okay. kids movies because I wa- like I watched it in university though. It wasn't like I watched it yeah, like, yeah. as an, a true adult. But I mean, the first time I saw it, that scene was, was on a TV edit of that scene, and so they had redone all the subtitles mm. to be really taint lame things. <laughs> so the first time I watched it with you. You couldn't read yet, so I was reading the subtitles to you, and then I started realizing, like, I can't read these to you. <laughs> so I was trying to remember what the subtitles, that <laughs> what were, they were, what they were changed to that I knew as a kid, because they were not about like cocaine and <laughs> marijuana and like dead bodies and stuff. Wow, they had really did a TV edit of that movie. I mean, that's a. I mean, there's probably other stuff they had to dub over, but like, I guess. Subtitles is a good way to edit, like, edit out stuff if you got the... Yeah. Because I've only watched The Goonies twice, and the first time, like, I was really little, so I so I didn't know that the people were, like, swearing and stuff. So, like, when I watched it, like, a few months ago for the second time, I was like, I was like, wow, these guys, I don't remember this much swearing. And what about this movie? Let's talk about that. Yeah, that this was... Dude... Okay, parents, do not let your five-year-olds watch this movie. <laughs> no, this one's definitely... And, and it's interesting, cause I, and that's why I haven't kind of presented this movie to you yet. And because Mommy's recommending it? Mommy... Hey, when we, I told Mommy we were watching this, she was she was a little upset that she couldn't watch it with us. She's like, I'd love to watch that with you for the first time. Because I bet you Mommy does not remember how many swear words in this movie. I bet you she doesn't remember that 12-year-olds are smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of it at the beginning. Because it was 1950s, and kids smoked cigarettes. Yep. That was right. definitely a thing. I, yeah, when the R rating came up at the beginning, I was like... Is it rated R? It says it, but then I was like, nah, that must be like the American rated R. And then I was like, well, they, they get a lot of swears in. and Oh. There's no, there's no nudity, but... I think you just watched your first rated R movie. Yay! <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad of a no. rated it's a, Oh, say can you... <laughs> what? That makes you American? Is no. that... No. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it is... It's funny. There's... I, it has to be for language. And that's it's rated R in the 80s. Well, yeah, it would have been the original rating. 
Yeah, cause the they had, because wow. they get more than one or two F-words. There's there. more than two F-words. The kids, so, I mean, that's always... And I guess it's kids doing it and kids smoking, although I don't think they cared about that. Smoking? They probably would have. Okay. That would have been a thing. Kids smoking okay. would have been definitely something that... I mean, it's interesting. Wait, 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 wait. They did w- they, like, actually smoke or, like, did they... No, I mean, usually in, in, in most of the time in movies, people are not smoking real cigarettes anyway. Even if the actors smoke in real life, they tend to use because you don't want to have i mean back then probably but now you don't because it's not fair to make the crew breathe in mm-hmm. that kind of stuff wait, wait, wait but would they have the, they wouldn't have the kids smoking right well they had they'd use something called herbal cigarettes so inside of it it's still it's wrapped up it looks like a cigarette but inside it's not tobacco it's just like tea it's a kind of right. it's, a, it's like tea leaves and so essentially the, the equivalent to that so when it burns it's just like it's still it just smoking. stinks <laughs> it just stinks and it doesn't taste good, but it's not anything that can hurt you. Besides the, the smoke, the smoke itself going in your lungs, which is not a healthy thing. Let's just say they, I think they turned a blind eye to some of the stuff and they didn't really think about some some stuff. It, I don't think you can get away if you were to remake this movie. I don't well, think they you, definitely wouldn't be smoking. There's no way they let the kids smoke. Only the like bad kids would smoke or something like that. Yeah, the bad Ace and his gang would be smoking for sure, but there's no way. Uh, yeah. But even though, but it's interesting, like, the language, I don't think it would be, like, because I think the closest thing I can think of is there's this trailer out right now for this movie coming out called... Good Boys? Good Boys or Bad Boys or something like that, but at least little kids. But the whole point of that movie is, like, here's an hour and a half of kids just saying terrible things yes. and swearing. Where it's like, that's not what this movie's about either. No, that, this is, this is actually about, like, a coming of age, like, I mean... But it's just the kids are acting like kids act yeah. when, when their parents aren't around, which is what I always, even still, like, watching it now, I appreciate that. Is that how you guys talk when we're not around, Eve? Sometimes. Yeah? <laughs> but I don't drop as many F-bombs. You talk about boobs and stuff? No. Not yet. Well, you're two years away. Yeah. From that. Yeah, when I kids think... kids go around... They're talking about, yeah, they're talking about Annette from the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, yeah, but I also I, love, I like the, refer- the the reference of the letters getting round around the ends. I was like, that's a good way to put it. But I also love like the little moments where they're just like they have like, like they, they talk about stuff. You, I mean, something you talk about Eve in terms of like, like could what? could Superman and Mick and uh, Mighty Mouse beat each other up? Yeah, like you don't bring up that, but you would be like, hey, I wonder if Captain America could beat up Superman. Right. Like you think about it, it, that's your modern equivalent. To, to these conversations. So it just shows like kids are still like that have that curious and the goofy question. I like the through line of like someone at the beginning who was convinced he was a dog being like, wait, yeah, what is he then? Like Yeah, actually what is he? Goofy? I think I, he is supposed to be a dog. They just don't care that Pluto is also a dog and can't do what Goofy can do. Yeah, and Pluto's a pet and Goofy's not. Yeah. And and Goofy's this this guy on cigarettes. I mean go- <laughs> Goofy's not the anomaly in that scenario. Pluto is the weird yeah, one. It is. Because all the other animals are, A, all, like, an equivalent size to each other. Like, Mickey is a freak mouse for the size he is yes. con- compared to, like, Donald and, and Pluto. You know, Pluto's tall, but he's not... Like, he should be... Because, like, in Chip and Dale, like, Pluto was, like, an actual dog, and Mickey was just, like, well, cooking. Chip and Dale are the only ones that are actually to scale. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything else is kind of because they human-like. Sh- they should be technically, like, bigger than Mickey Mouse. They should be the same size. Or bigger. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Mickey yeah. should be tiny. Um, but they're all to scale. So Pluto's the weird one in that a mouse has a pet dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sh- shouldn't, shouldn't it be the other way, but the mouse isn't alive anymore? Yeah, that's just it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, if it was Rufus, that's that my, thing would my, be lunch. That's my... Only complaint about Disney. Your only complaint about Disney? They're, they're getting you're, off pretty light. You're doing, you're doing well, well sir. Well, they do a redo of Planet of the Apes. I don't... They, they're not... That's a Fox property, I believe. Yeah, but they, they own it now. Oh, you're right. Cool. Oh, my God. We can, put, we can put the Planet of the Apes inside the Marvel Universe? Yeah. What? Oh, ah. Uh, uh, Avengers versus Caesar. This is a gang thing. He would join feel, the Guardians. Yeah, I feel like that would yeah. be hard to sell people on. Dude, Look at the Avengers be, beat up he these would, apes. He would, be, yeah. he would be in um, Thor's buddy gang thing. Who put oh, that sure. place Thor Thor and Thor. With, with Korg and all those guys? Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the thing that most excites me. Not to like rip away from the from what we're talking about, but yeah. the, but the new Thor is like that. That Taika's back because it's like yeah. Korg's back too, right? I mean, we're just gonna assume Korg's back. He's gotta I be. definitely assume Korg will be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's as I was saying before we started recording. I didn't realize that that was Will Wheaton the whole time while I'm looking at him, being like, I know who everyone else is here, but who's this kid who like everyone's doing a good job? But I'm like. Why didn't this guy do more stuff? And then at the end, like Will Wheaton, I was like, Oh, oh he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah. I grew up watching uh, Wesley Crusher all the time. <laughs> so but, Will Wheaton grew up, and he became. Uh, he was on a show called Star. Well, he was on Star Trek. The next, the, ne- the next, next generation. Because he's the doctor's son. Yeah. So he, who's Will Wheaton? He was the the Is lead character, Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, the Gordo. guy who tells the pie story. Okay, cool. He's the one that grows up to become Richard Dreyfuss from Jaws. Right. <gasps> Did you recognize that it was the same guy? No? That's okay. Wait, wait, is he... Which the, guy the guy that played the writer was... I know, I know, I know, but who's he oh, from Jaws? Jaws, he was, like, pro, like the main one of the main guys. Yeah. And I, he was also in um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He was the lead. He was the lead that built the potato statue. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I didn't know John Cusack was in this movie. I yeah. mean, that, that and Will Wheaton. I was just like, oh, it's a, it's a everyone else. Cast. I was like, okay, I know the, I know this, I know. And, and Kiefer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this cast is good. Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, well, and you know, in, in, a, in a bizarre uh, kind of way of the movie predicting real life. Yeah, R- yeah I was thinking about River that Phoenix the- died. Not. Probably more than a decade after he shot this movie. Because yeah, I was thinking, like, oh, yeah, Who's all the River other guys. Phoenix? River Phoenix played Chris. Chris. He uh, he died at a at a club in Los Angeles. It was a pretty famous thing at the time. Mm. Uh, a club called the Viper Room, who was uh, which is owned by was owned by Johnny Depp. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, he died there, and I think it was an I want to say it was a drug related thing. Yeah, I, that's what I assume. Uh, but yeah, so he River Phoenix played Chris. The guy with the white shirt? Yeah. The guy that actually, his character died when he was an adult in the movie, too. So it's just, it's a, there's a weird, like... There's a weird thing where the three kids who lived in the movie also are still living in real. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, that'll change at one point. But yeah. And then you've got, so Corey Feldman sadly kind of became, like, a punchline. Yeah. Uh, not too long. He didn't really get out of being a child actor. But he's... At the time, he was definitely the biggest of all four yeah. of those because he went you on. You can tell they gave him some stuff to do because I guess they felt like he was the big. The breakout. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So and he, he was Donatello in two of the Ninja Turtle movies. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the biggest stuff he did as an adult yeah. was being the voice of Donatello in those. <laughs> I guess Ninja when movies. you put it that way, it's uh, upsetting. Wait, You're like, wait, oh, yeah, wait that's the live action one? Yeah. Yeah, I, you've seen that. I watched that one. You saw the first one. You even, I don't think you've seen the second one. Why? Well, Secret, Secret of the Ooze? It's not worse. It's not better. I mean, I feel like the first one's the best one, and like, and then the second the three, one's okay. And, and then, then turtles as a kid, and, you just enjoy the second one because there's like rapping, and they go to a club, and and then you've fun. got kind of like a half-ass version of Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, because they didn't have the rights to it or something. Or no, it's something about like I think Eastman and Laird hate Bebop and Rocksteady or something like that. Oh, so, and I don't know what control they had over that movie, but I guess whoever was making the movie was like, well, then we won't call them Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady. But it was clear that like people were like just do Bebop and Rocksteady. Exactly. I was so upset when they didn't when they did that, but they didn't do it properly. Uh, and then the thir- there's a third one. There was a third one called Turtles in Time, which was just what the hell is this? Uh, yeah, I don't rewatch it. Like, I'll still rewatch the first two. We should watch the, third... the second one again. <laughs> yeah. What about the third one? The, the third one? I don't know, it's man. It's fine, but it just has... It's, if you watch them all together, you'll be like, why did they do this third one? <laughs> do the turtles swear? No. no. And then there might be like a... Like I a one swear. Ra- no, Raphael's is damn. But yeah. then they, that was the trade-off. They can do all the violent stuff. They can't do any swear. of the Violence is fine in movies. Yeah. You can get a fine rating from that. Tell you what, but next time you and I are both laid up on a couch with uh, an illness, I'll uh, I'll see if iTunes has a has the the movies oh, yeah, on a good we, price. Because we watched um, we watched crappy movies like one of the last times we were sick. Yeah, we watched the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, that's the first time we saw them. Because I got the, that for damn Christmas. Yeah, because you... Anyway, we don't need to get into that story. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, we try to marathon 
sets of movies that we're like kind of want to see, but don't necessarily feel like we have to be paying the most attention to at the time. That's a good time to watch those movies. They would. And Jerry O'Connell grew up to voice Superman. So that was an interesting thing. What? He's currently voicing, like, in the, like, movies, like, you know, the animated movies they Oh, I didn't know he was doing that. He, they used to switch it around, but it seems like he most consistently plays Superman in the animated movie. Which guy, which guy, Vern. Oh, cool. Well, he's super buff now. He's also does a show up north called Carter Mm, that my friend Christian Brun is on. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, Jared Connell, he's done, he's done fine. He's, he was always more of a TV guy. Sliders. Sliders, uh, My Secret Identity. Yep. I love that show as a kid. He did Scream 2. Right. But it's like there isn't a ton of movie stuff that he's done. And Kangaroo Jack. And Kangaroo Jack. I never yeah. saw that movie. I, just, I think my cousin saw it and was like, he doesn't actually talk in the movie. And I was like, then I don't want to see it. Hilarious. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you. I have no interest. Yeah, I'm not seeing a, a kangaroo, an animated kangaroo or talking kangaroo movie where the kangaroo doesn't talk. Yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway, I, I, maybe I cheated myself, but I was just like, I, I if he's not going to talk the whole movie, I don't want to watch this. I feel like history's on your side on that one. <laughs> okay. I think you, you came away being okay. I mean, maybe, who knows? I could be here a year from now doing that as a black hole film. It, like it just gets this research it's where people are like man like it was pretty genius <laughs> yeah you you gotta check that one out it's gotta get on your list uh what do you think Eve do you think you, this movie is appropriate for you well if if that's mommy a, that's was that's a pregnant pause if, yeah. if, if mommy was here she, she would probably in the first 20 minutes she would probably um have me leave no this was not worse than her showing you vacation yo I I'm pretty sure this was as bad. I don't hear, but here's the thing: it's just language, and it's like in language stuff. You've heard me say these words. It's not that bad. Where it's like something like vacation gets into some misogynistic yeah. stuff. There's some. Yeah. St- I don't know if there's any racial racial stuff in there. Not in this movie. Not in this one. No. But I mean, in uh, it could be in the, some kind of. It language. wouldn't shock. Like just yeah. some comments. It's just offhand comments because the '80s comedies did not care. Yeah. Like, in this movie, the worst they probably do is a couple of the characters say faggot a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Which is probably the most derogatory thing they have going on. Yeah, are going to beat that out? No, I mean, I'm using the word in context, and it's justified yeah. based on the thing. It's like, yeah, I would never use that word in to refer to anybody or anything, but it's like they say the word. I, it's okay. And it's to, even... Like it's set in the fifties as well. Like it's not. A, it's not. A, you it's give it a even pat. that further removed from sensibilities. Yeah. Even like in the well, I'm sure people still use it in the eighties, but like it was even. I'm sure no one would even flinch hearing it in the fifties. No, absolutely not. Um, and it's funny. There's a bunch of uh, phrases and phrase, phrases in here that I remember became like part of our lexicon as kids. There's the uh, "You're crazy as a shithouse rat." Was I mean that's the the dumpster guy. I also feel like that was so funny. I forgot to laugh. Was like a thing that yeah, that was in there. And I'm gonna rip your head off and shit down your throat. That is that like how? I'm sure someone used that before, but I feel like that's got to be like a mainstream use of that because I thought that was more recent. But to hear it in this movie, I was like, oh okay. I don't know if this is the etymology of that particular saying, but I remember that was one of the things that I definitely pulled out of this movie. Okay. Uh, that and a bunch of I'm trying to remember any other okay. ones but yeah, yeah when I think of this movie it's funny like when the movie was loading the, the loading screen was a train and, uh, and I was like oh yeah like, it's, I started getting really excited as we started watching going, oh now we're going to get to this moment we're going to get to this moment because it's just full of so many great little set pieces like you yeah. said because I, I think they just stopped doing the loading thing, um, thing like a few years ago because while I'm re-watching the Lord of the Rings they don't load? I think the te- no, 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 Lord of the Rings ha- still loads. I think they just, I, it could be the size of the disc and how much stuff's on there. It could also be the technology has changed and shifted. I think it was only, it's, I think it's only been like three or four years yeah. since. So Eve, what's, what's your, uh, what was your favorite sequence in this movie if you had one? Or like the one you could think of? If you, when you go tell your friends next time you see them, I saw this cool movie, this happened in it. What would be the first thing you'd talk about? sure anything stands out uh not really like it's all like good yeah mm-hmm. would you recommend this this movie to your friends 
Yeah. Or do they need to be a little bit older? No, no, Joey would be fine. Your friend Joey would be fine. <laughs> but the other one's not so much. Not yet. I think Joey would dig this movie. Because Joey, Joe, your friend Joey makes me think of these kids. Like, he's the kind of kid that goes out and gets up to adventures and likes to just go out into the world. It's funny, the, um, so the original short story this is based on is called The Body. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, like, this is the first time I really thought of it, because for me it was always, it's always called Stand By Me. And they kept teasing the song throughout it, too. Yeah, they used like, the score. Yeah, I was like, oh, nice. Like, and then the big payoff at the end where they just play it, I'm like, I like the way that was done, too. Yeah, and it, but it's also, it's like, I mean, Stand By Me is a love song, really. So it's interesting that, that whoever decided to do it, whether it was Rob Reiner or whoever decided to co-opt this song, you know, in a movie that's really full of, like, these like, these sugary pop 1950s songs that are all, like... And I think I grew up in that music, too, because that's what my parents listened to. Lollipop. Lollipop. But all this those... This also another good soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack on this movie is amazing. Yeah. It's, like, these songs I loved. I should look on Spotify. I'm sure someone's made that. Yeah, I should. Because it's got to be there. And I remember growing up just loving the... Uh, the music in this movie too and I, th- I think a lot of it I discovered from this movie but I think I probably heard it on all these stations too I was trying to think about what how it got the name because I'm like I guess it Stand by me to, to an extent like the love uh, Chris and Go- no yeah Gord have for each other like they really like pull each other up at certain times they kind of all do what's really great about it is that they're all they all have these emotional moments where you get to see these guys stop, like, not that they all have this, like, macho exterior, but even after uh, Teddy, the, the junk guy, talks trash about his dad, yeah. his crazy father, it's like, Chris is ho- holding him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, it's like, don't worry about that. Like, they, they have each other's back. Yeah. You know? And, and I think it's just the idea that it's like, they'll be all be fine if they just stand by each other. But then they, and then they don't. And then, Well, that's life, though, too. Yes, they, yeah. But it is, I was kind of sad, but it was kind of like, not immediately after that, but it was like, yeah, like once we got out of high school, like we didn't just, we, just didn't, we kind of went our separate way. But at that time, it was, I think it's really, it's just speaking to that time in your life where you just, you need, yeah, you had a core group and it feels like that's forever, I think yeah. at that point, right? Like, do you feel like at your age, the people you're friends with right now, you'll be friends with always? Yeah. Yeah, that's how you feel at your age. Because I will. Yeah, exactly. You, f- you believe well, that you can at make that, that age. Happen, I guess. You can't make that happen. It's a lot of work yeah. because life happens. But even like Ephraim's, you know, quite a few years away from going to high school. And just us, because we, you know, we live in Toronto. And it's different than when I grew up in a small town. There was basically one high school option. Everyone went right. there. But here, it's like you have your choice. You can go to all the different high schools, specialize in different things. So we're trying to mention this to him. And he's like, well, no, I want to go where my friend's going. It's like, buddy, all your friends are probably not going to go to the same place. At one point, you guys are going to splinter off. you got to do what's best for you. Yeah, that, that happened think, to me. And how does that feel? Does that terrify you? Yeah, you're shaking yeah. your head. But you make friends so quickly and easily. I think you'll be fine. But it is a terrifying thing to walk away from your friends. And I love that. That last, I, think, I think of it as the last line of the movie. It's not spoken, but it's, it's typed out. Oh, the Jesus who... Who, yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I never, it's the commentary on. Yeah, I never had, I never any, had friends like that. any friends like the ones I had when I was twelve. Jesus, does anybody? Yeah, uh, and it's true. It's it like made I think me think about my friends when I was twelve. Yeah, there's even like friends from high school for me. I'm like, there's there's a handful that I still keep. I have one of their. I'm going to their wedding and be in the wedding party this fall. Okay. And uh, and but it's like there's maybe a, a couple of us that really keep in touch, and that's just kind of what life. Sorry, bud. I hate to tell you, you're not going to be friends with all the people you're friends with right now when you're older. I'll say this, though. I, my group of friends, there's people who have been friends since, like, kindergarten in that group. Can I hate but they, you right they, now? They always, Are you really mad at me for saying that? You will split up, but you can just come back together. You can't. Here's the thing. You, you grow up at a time, or you're growing up in a time, where technology is on your side yeah. for that kind of thing until the apocalypse happens. <laughs> so... Just, you know, find meeting places. Be like, every five years we'll meet here. Yeah, that's kind of what they do. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, but I think, you gotta work at that, you gotta really want to. Oh yeah, that, that's not like an easy thing to no. do. So I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying that, I, I think you kind of hold on to a couple and the right ones, but to say that you're gonna be friends with like the dozen, two dozen kids that you hang out with now, that's unrealistic. 
But it's like, yeah, I'd like to think that there's a couple. I have three that I want, Danny. You better not mention them because if they yeah. listen to this, <laughs> there, there's going to be a lot of fights in your your core friend group. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'm going to ask you later. I, I bet you I know who they are. Who? Well, I'm not going to do it now. There's no context. These people yeah. will be like, oh, I can't believe you didn't mention Bob. <laughs> I really thought Ethan would pick Bob. Wow. He got the short end of the stick. Wow. Well, let's wrap it up. So tell me your final thoughts, bud. You go first. It was good. That's all. That's all you got. No. Yeah. Are you, is this the kind of movie that you'd want to revisit or like t- wait a while and then revisit it later on? Oh, yeah. I, I'll go back to it. Like, it's like the Goonies. I'm probably going to rewatch the Goonies soon. Well, I think we're going to go see it in the theater. It's playing at a, th- a theater oh, oh, wow. yeah. near our farm uh, later on this month. So I think I've never seen it in the theaters that I can recall. The bullet holes were like this big. Yeah, that's a great movie. And how about you, Daniel? What are your final thoughts? Uh, I will definitely revisit it. I, I'm. Yes, me too. I think it would have been nice if I saw it when I was a kid so I could be like a part of growing up, but I'm glad that what I'm glad about is that it still feels like a great movie as an adult and I, I don't have to worry about, well, I'm just being nostalgic. Like, I feel like it, it really works. And that's just it. There, there are a handful of these, like... I, it's hard. I, I have a hard time calling this a kid's movie. But there's a handful yeah, of I mean, movies not a kid's movie. movies of this ilk that are kind of like... I guess it's not as rated R, but it's... Uh, that just don't hold up over right. time. Yeah. But this one... I feel really does. The last time I watched this, I think, was when Rob Reiner passed away, and I did my own little Rob Reiner film festival. Uh, and I think this is the one I watched first because, yeah, even though it's like Princess Bride is great, he's got so many great films. I this is probably the one that I think of when I think of Rob Reiner because it's just so attached to my own childhood. Yeah, and experience. I'm glad you guys dug it. Yeah, me too. I wish I watched this when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> wish you really got around to it. But don't worry. you you. That's why you're here now, bud. We won't shame you. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming over. Thank you. Let's all go to the... Thanks for joining us for Stand By Me. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.